Hello, and welcome to the Diaspora Chiefs Podcast. We love having you here. This show is for ambitious Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who want to start, grow, and scale their business. And it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, high income skills, and know-how on all things digital to create the best lifestyle for you and your family. We know that you have it in you. And now, let's get started with the Diaspora Chiefs host, Victor Osio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Diaspora Chiefs podcast. My name is Victor Osio, and today I have an amazing guest in the house. His name is Emmanuel Lamte. These guys are shaping fintech and e-commerce in Africa, pushing local craftsmanship to the next level. So welcome Emmanuel Lamte to this podcast. Hi Victor, thank you very much for having me on the show. I feel really pleased and I feel honored to be here. Uh, so currently I'm working on um, a, a fintech startup with a team uh, as a co-founder. So it's called Money Zebra. And what we're doing essentially is we're bridging the gap between borrowers and uh, lenders, well, borrowers in Africa and, and lenders across the world through a platform. Um, back by digital uh, ledger or distributable ledger technology. So that is what we are doing um, on the side of Money Zebra. And then also there is Indigenous House, which uh, we just launched. And Indigenous House essentially is collaborating with, with other African uh, brands to promote the, the African culture, lifestyle, clothing, art. Uh, currently we've, we've partnered with um, with Churchill Gowns. What we're doing is we're going to survive them. Kente graduation souls, which is handmade from Ghana, and that that that, that is where we are where we are at the moment. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what is the story behind Indigenous House? It sounds just amazing. The name alone sounds amazing. So I just want to find out what's going on with Indigenous House. Oh, um, thanks, thank you very much, Victor. So it, it it started initially back in 2000, so like latter part of 2012 to early 2013 I, I i came up with the name i hate fashion and that's that's another story on its own but with, with time i thought through it like too many people were asking questions that why are you doing something in fashion and you know you've you've got a name saying that i hate fashion i mean because thought it was very catchy and you know for me the main the main motive was to come up with something that's that's metaphoric that's sort of like innovative and that's that's catchy out of the box sort of thing if you get what i mean so you know people were asking too many questions and i just thought you know what let me let me let me come up with a name that will still tie into the whole brand and the whole initiative so then i i thought through it and then i came up with indigenous house so initially i hate fashion was ihf for sure so ihf i was i was like well you know it was it was known it was known as though that's what people knew it as so i didn't want to sway away too much not to, to digress far away from from the ihf so then uh, coming up with indigenous house was it was it was it was a spark okay because then it's still ihf in terms of indigenous house of fashion okay and then again i was still sort of conceptualizing i was still brainstorming sort of trying to come up with different ideas and then see how how best this can you know this can be put out there and then how best we can brand it and then you know expand it to to a very large extent and then I realized, oh, wow, there's, there's actually a lot we can do with this brand. Uh, so then I, I thought through it and, you know, the House of Naturals, where we'll be doing skincare, which is all based on, um, you know, African plants and 
indigenous African um, products and raw materials and so in the, the house moment, of cards at the moment all products at the moment all products yeah. that is on your e-commerce platform they are all in-house sorry what, what, what do you what do you mean i mean i mean your product your range of product lines now on your e-commerce platform are they all made in-house by um, indigenous no so so, so all right I, I get what you mean you, you mean in terms of sourcing the manufacturers where, yeah. where they're made mm -hmm. okay so, so so the first the very first consignment that we have under the house of fashion was um, was manufactured in, in nigeria so we we had we had a manufacturer we collaborated with, with someone um in nigeria who did came up with, with um, some of the designs uh, it's mainly tie and dye so all these designs if you go on the website you realize that they all they all have some sort of african link to it and they have this african feel so then they were to answer your question every, most of the thing be from from Africa because we're we're giving people also in Africa the opportunity to to sort of showcase their talent and then make people purchase and then buy into into the African um, the African ideology and then the African um, commerce industry. Yeah, what I was trying to say was that you mentioned that in future among your in future you might be you might want to collaborate or you will be collaborating with other brands. So what I'm saying is, yeah. presently yeah. the products that you have, the skews that you have on your on your platform right now, are they indigenous houses brand? Yes, yes, they are all indigenous houses brands. Exactly, rightly so. So nothing, nothing currently that's showcase is not not from indigenous house so everything is from indigenous house yeah because we only launched the e-commerce website last week so everything on there at the moment is from indigenous house yeah but what, what i was saying about collaboration is an ongoing process from mid to long term um sort of goal to to work with other brands and to showcase african talent yeah but wait Emmanuel, what is actually your background well so by profession i'm i'm an accountant um i i, I worked in I worked in the practice for like two and a half years, and then I worked also in industry. But for some time, I've also been doing like freelancing and contracting. So I worked through through an agency. I, I get placed on contracts. I've done role. I've, I've worked for for multinationals, and I've taken responsibilities on projects management. I've done financial modeling for some companies. I've even done some analyst roles as well. That is that is mainly my my background. If if that answers your question, so I'm an, I'm, I'm an accountant, <laughs> and I've got clients. <laughs> I've got I've got clients. I've got clients that I do publish their accounts for them. You know, corporation tax, self assessment here in the UK, and then also doing like business drawing business plans doing business consulting so that's that's mainly my background so what made you because accounting is kind of safe on a level you don't really get so much buzz from my own perspective being an yeah. accountant so you must be very very like grounded to be an accountant why why the big why the shift into into e-commerce or e-commerce and fintech yeah why yeah I was coming to fintech. So why, 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 why the big shift? So when when I was about to finish my my MSc, I, I finished my MSc last year. I, I did my final project around fintech in Africa. So I looked. I did a research on how fintech, which is financial technology, is affecting payment systems um, in the African continent. So at the time, I also came across um, this this team this team of people who were who were working on um, on a fintech project in Africa and that is that is Manisibra. So they, they had a chat with me 
uh, a friend of mine put me in contact with them. They were looking for someone from Ghana. And then he put me in contact with them. I spoke to them. They, you know, they, they were quite interested, wanted to have me on board. And then I, they, you know, they, I, was, I was made a co-founder and that was last year. So we've been working on this project for, for like a year, almost a year and a half now. We've launched the MVP. We've secured partners in Ghana. We've secured partners in Nigeria and in some parts of Kenya as well. So these are the three main, main countries where we've got presence. We are literally on the verge of securing some funding and then launching, launching our, our, our platform. So it's mainly a micro, fund, micro lending for small businesses, individuals you know, who are looking for soft loans to sort of start a business or to, but the, the, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's, it's a major shift from the finance space. So you say, you say, you right say, now, finance is... You said what, 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 what was Money Zebra all about again? Just now, you mentioned um, soft yeah. small businesses. Yeah, so Money Zebra is, is, a, is a fintech platform. Uh, it's a B2B2C auction platform uh, designed for emerging markets. But we're starting off with Africa. And the way the, the auction works is um, we've, got, we've got various lenders on our platform who are willing to, to provide um, and credit facilities to people who are from from Africa or who are from um, disadvantaged backgrounds, um, so to say. You know, people because there are, there are people out there who are really struggling to come up with funding for yeah. their businesses and their you know their, their ventures, and to to sort of fund the projects to pay fees whatsoever. Uh, we realized the the gap in the market where local borrowers do not have access to, to foreign lenders. So then Money Zebra is serving as a bridge to these two, to these two um, classes of people, of these two categories of people. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. But um, I mean, going, going back to, to the, the previous question, I wouldn't say it's a major shift because for me, all, or I've, I've got a, a finance background and I'm still doing something in within the finance space. So it's the fintech ecosystem. And if you, if you, if you realize finance is getting to, to that, to that place where technology is, is embedded in, in uh, finance activities or financial functions. Um, so that, 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 that is, that is what, that is what is, is going on or is happening in recent times, that is why fintech has emerged. So then there are a lot of um, new companies or new fintech that have sprung up and then they are doing something in the banking space. So you have the, the likes of um, Monzo, Revolu, um, TransferWise, who are coming up with borderless, uh, borderless uh, accounts or borderless bank accounts. You don't need to be in a particular country to. So if I'm the UK, for instance, I can I can have a Euro account, say in Germany or whichever Euro, European country is. See, so that's that's where finance is getting to, and that's where banking is getting to. So then, Money Zebra is also branding itself in that in that area. Although we are not a bank, we are just a lending platform. Okay. But in terms of in terms of indigenous houses, this idea for like six years now, and then I thought. You know, it's it's about time that I, I I launched it and then I put it I put it out there. 
So is it kind of is, is it kind of a lifestyle business or is um proper startup? Yes, so it's it's a startup. I mean, it's it's registered. I've got to register here in the UK now, so it's it's now um, it's not a, a proper limited company. It's a registered limited company. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you know, on diaspora shifts on this podcast, we we we, we, we talk everything we're talking about here is digital. So mm, yeah. no, yeah, we talk about businesses not in general but how you can transform from the brick and mortar and into the digital space so we talk more about lifestyle businesses and startups so everything digital here one thing i need to ask you is what was your mindset going into uh, like i said before it's it's an idea i've had for some time now but i sort of put in a hole because i i, I started i went to pursue my my postgraduate studies and then after that, I mean, for me, I, I told myself that when, I, when I'm done with postgraduate studies and, you know, I've gained some relevant experience in the corporate world, then I can sort of have time to, to launch Indigenous House and then to put it out there uh, for, for the world to, to see. The, the main motive, again, was to, was to, you know, promote African culture okay. uh, through an e-commerce platform, yeah, through fashion, because I'm, I'm, I'm also the type who is very... Um, passionate about, about fashion and how I look and how I present myself. So I thought I'd be able to, to express myself through, through this channel or through this, this whole indigenous house concept. How are you reaching your, your target market? Who are your target market anyways? So the, the target market will be um, well, people of, of African descent and people who are interested in, in the African culture, so indigenous Africa. And we're looking at people from, obviously, it's like it's more like a lifestyle brand. So we're not targeting people above the ages of, say, 50 or people who are, you know, who have hit their pension age. We're, we're targeting the youth because we feel the youth, um, the youth is much larger. There's, there's a larger percentage of the youth as compared to um, the, 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 the growing population or the, the young adults. And then as, and then also compared to to the older generation, so then we're targeting the youth mainly. Yeah. Okay. What is the long term goal here? So, so, so the long term, the long, the long term goal is put put African culture across the globe. Okay. What we've also done is that we've worked we've worked with with some universities and we are we are supplying these Kente graduation stores. I don't know if you know the Kente graduation stores. No, I don't. Yeah. So the Kente graduation stores, you know the the, the piece of cloth that you can you can wear it's like a scarf that you wear over your graduation yeah, gown. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So that's that's the Kinte graduation store, and, and and it's made of Kinte. I don't know if you know Kinte. Kinte is. I know Kinte. Yeah. It's one of the yes. popular fabric from Africa. So, exactly. so so when so when when Indigenous House first started, um, all that all that we were doing was um, was was done was was made from Kinte. So then the bow ties, the the long ties. The pocket squares, the the, the the sashes, they were all made with Kente. And then we realized that it has it has a very large appeal. It has great appeal here in the UK. In the US, it's quite popular, but it hasn't been very much explored here in the UK. Okay. So yes, yeah, so I, I found that that gap and I found an opportunity and I reached out to to some universities. And then currently we are in talks with with um, a company that supplies graduation stores, they rent graduation stores, and then they, you know, if if you want to buy it, 
contact outright if you can buy from them as well we're in talks with them to collaborate and then supply these graduation stores because um, students do like it very much and the, the good thing is um, you can you can customize it so we can put the the graduating year the the class like your course of study even the, the name of the university or the college that you're graduating from you can put all of those um, details on the, the graduation store and then it can be customized in like different colors as well so if you from a particular country and then you want to see your country's color or your, your flag represented in your graduation store we can do that as well and you see the sad thing is like 99 to 100 percent of the time your graduation gowns are returned the mortarboard is returned mm-hmm. uh, you don't have anything to keep with you apart from your certificate um not not much to to uh, memorabilia so these graduation stores will be with you for like a lifetime and we can frame them for you to hang it in your room yeah yeah so that that is what that is what we are presenting to what's what's starting off with the uk market and then hopefully we can expand to to the, the whole of europe because there's also a growing population of foreign student from Africa, um, from Asia, and from other continents, like from other non-European continents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so there's there's a huge there's a huge gap there in, in the market, and this is this is more one one of the long-term goals of, of Indigenous. Hmm. That's well that's well defined. Anyways, that's well defined. You get that's well yeah. defined, and um, I wish you success with that. It's a long term. Thank you very much. It's a long-term play with that. Yeah. It's a long-term play. Yeah, exactly. So, given your current experience now of successfully launching a platform online and on the verge of launching a fintech company online. Yeah. yeah. Given these experiences, what would you say to someone now who, who is thinking about following same footsteps? What are the hurdles that you went through? Yeah. So, so one thing, one thing I'll, I'll say is you have to spend time to know who you really are, identify your strengths, your weaknesses, spend time to figure out yourself because we, we, we live in an ever-changing world. And then, you know, things are changing by the day from time to time, you know. So I, what, what I'll say to, to someone who's looking to, to start a business or just graduated from uni is that try and figure out what your, your end goal is or what the objective of your startup is or your, your company is, what you aim to achieve in the end. If you're in it mainly for the money, then I'll say that you should rethink and recalculate because you have to rather think about the impact that you're making. You have to think about the lives that you're touching. You have to think about the, the problems that you're solving and the solution that you're providing rather, yeah, rather, than, rather, than, rather than making money. So this is, this is the, the advice that I'll give to, to someone who finds himself or herself in such a position. For me, I'm, I'm also doing this to uh, people, especially from, from the, the African continent, uh, because then there are a lot of, I, I, came, I came to the UK as a student and then my journey been a long one. It's, it's, been, it's been a one that has been full of twists and turns. You know, this, I've, I've learned a lot, gained a lot of exposure, met people, What's the one word you say to a budding entrepreneur? What I'll say to myself is, okay, if, if I should be advising myself maybe a year or two back, I would say, look, you, you don't have all the answers. Take your time because success, success requires time. It requires effort. It requires passion. It requires dedication. That's yeah. not one word, but that's what I'll say. 
So yeah, that's yeah. that's that's great. That's a great advice. Anyways, so Emmanuel, thank you very much. You've always been an inspiration to me. You you make things happen. So I'm grateful for speaking to you on this on this episode. So I hope to catch up with mm-hmm. you next time. So to your success, Emmanuel. Thank you very much, Victor. I I really appreciate you having me on this platform. My diaspora sheaves. Thank you for hanging out with us today on this episode. More info and show notes can be found online at um, www.diasporaships.com. Please subscribe and share this podcast with friends and ambitious Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who wants to start and launch um, the digital lifestyle business. Thank you and I'll see you next week for a new episode. Mm-hmm.